Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to stay there. Because very often he moves us from here to there to the other. I'm not necessarily talking geographically. I'm talking he'll move us into different areas of ministry. But Paul had learned to be content. Now, when Paul wrote this in Philippians 4, you know where he wrote it from. Where was it? Prison. He had learned to be content. He wanted to go to Rome. He wanted to go to so many places, but he learned to be content where he was, and he served God where he was. Let me challenge you be content where you're at. If you're discontent, you'll follow your own will and it'll be a disaster in your life. Popular society in America wants you to be discontent. It tells you that you're too tall, too short, too poor, too fat, and on and on. You need a bigger house, a newer car, better clothes. You're shown images that you're supposed to envy and want to be like. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about what the Bible has to say about all these attempts to manipulate you. You'll be talking about God's desire for you to trust Him, to care for you. You'll find out that part of receiving that satisfaction from God is to be doing what He wants you to be doing, in the place where He wants you to do it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 16 as he continues his message, Five C's. Now turn to Ephesians 4, go down to verse 22. Here's the second thing I want you to write. Number two, I can celebrate because God is at work in your life 24-7. So live like it. Understand that. Change and become like Him. Now look what Paul says in verse 22. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness." You see, when you and I became a follower of Christ, we were given, in essence, in a spiritual way, a new set of clothes. We took off our old sin-stained clothes once and for all. And when we get dressed in the morning, we don't start by putting on those old sin-stained clothes, that old lifestyle. We put on our new clothes, the new lifestyle that God is making alive in me. Then look what how practical that looks in verse 25. Therefore, each of you, every single one of you that's listening to this, including myself, each of you, you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. 
for you are all members of one body. Now when you're angered, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. That's a huge one in our marriages. Don't let the sun go down. Those of you that are married know what happens. If you go to bed angry, the next morning you get up and everything is perfectly fine. Maybe not. Does it get better or worse? Tell me. It always gets worse. And yet, sometimes we just do what? Well, then I'm not going to give in. It's going to get worse. Some of you say, Pastor Mark, I always obey that. I haven't been to bed for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Don't raise your hand. We don't even want to talk about that. Now, it's funny in a way. But why does the scripture say to do that? Look at the next verse. If I have anger and it's not resolved, what happens? I'm giving the devil a foothold. That's all he's looking for. He's roaring around looking for it. And actually, after you and I as Christians, what's Satan's number one thing to try to destroy? Marriages. Why? Because marriage is the foundation of our world. How's he doing? He's doing very well, isn't he? But see, we need to obey this. Verse 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his hands that he might have something to share with those in need. Now, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by the way, who lives inside of you, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So get rid of bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. That's the negative. Look at the positive. And be kind. Love is kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And look at Ephesians 5.1. Follow God's example in everything you do. You see, if I'm a growing Christ follower, I'm committed to that. I'm going to be more like Christ. I'm going to have the character of Christ. I'm going to be, what was Christ? He was love. God is love. Love is a verb. It's going to show itself in practical ways. Now, some of us, when we read that, say, Pastor Mark, are you kidding? I can't do that. Well, yes, you can. God never asks us to do something that he won't help us accomplish. Well, how do I know I can be that kind of person that takes off that old me, that old sin nature that we talked about this weekend? How, how can I be that person that takes off that old nature and just simply obey the Holy Spirit? Right here. Paul tells us in Philippians 2.13, look what he says. For God is working in you. By the way, how far is he working remotely from, from some off place? No, he lives in me. He's at work in me, giving you. The desire to obey him. I don't want to forgive. I want to be angry. I want to pay back. I want to take that from work. They don't pay me enough. 
This evens the case. No, no. God gives me the desire, but it takes more than desire. He also gives me the what? The power to do what pleases Him. Now, you and I don't like that verse in some ways, because when I look at that verse, Philippians 2.13, what do I do with my excuses? There are none. I have no excuse now. Well, uh, no, God's giving me the desire to obey, and God gives me the power to accomplish it. There's no, there's no room for any excuses. Yeah, but yeah. No, there's no room for any excuses. So when God challenges to be like him, I can celebrate because he's living in my life. And he's at work, and I just need to simply live by it. Celebrate. God has given you a new nature, a new set of clothes. Spiritually, wear them as you become more like him. Walk the talk. True belief in conversion simply leads to a changed behavior and a lifestyle. You're a new person. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Live like it. That's why I can celebrate. Number three, celebrate. Now, this is going to be another one of those oxymorons. Celebrate. God has arranged testing and trials to make you more like Jesus. Could I hear lots of amens right there? Yeah, you don't mean it at all. Now, Pastor Mark, keep trying. It doesn't matter. I don't know anybody yet that when we read these verses goes, yep, got that one down. Let's see what James says. Dear brothers and sisters, by the way, that's all of you. Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Let's hear. Yay. Celebrate. Let's, let's come on. Celebrate. Okay. Remember, it has to be from your heart, not just from your lips. So we'll re- confess in a moment. Let's read on. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. Now, to be honest, when we think of trials and temptations and difficulties, the last thing I think about is celebrating. But that's what this verse says. Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Why? Because God knows how to grow and mature me. And the only way you and I will grow is our faith to be tested. We're learning that in the book of Hebrews. All of those people grew because their faith was tested. Think about Joseph. Think about Daniel. Think about the three Hebrew guys. Their faith was tested. God came through. Maybe you here in Melbourne right now, or those of you watching this around the world over the next few years, you're in trouble right now. You're in the middle of difficulty right now. Let me say to you, God's still at work in you. He who began a good work in you, He will complete it. Be faithful. Celebrate. Trust Him. Your faith is growing. God is making you more like Him. So you can be strong and bold and you can change your world. Wherever you are, in whatever country of the world, as you're watching this, pastor, teacher, Christ follower, be strong. God's at work. Let's celebrate. Come on, come on. Yes. Yes. He's at work. Don't give in. 
That's a command from our Lord. Number four, celebrate. Learning to be content brings a rewarding lifestyle. Would you go back to Matthew 16, 26? Let's go back to Matthew 16, 26. Now notice, Jesus makes this statement. Now what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Here Jesus reminds the disciples of that second hindrance to following him. It's not just self, but it's the temptation to accumulate stuff and money and possessions. Now, Jesus states it very interestingly. He says, how irrational to spend your life trying to own the whole world. What if you did? As soon as you die, how much do you leave behind? All of it. Isn't it amazing as we continue to watch our world, many of the people that have headline names that we know, how many of them are committing suicide? They have everything you and I think would bring satisfaction and purpose. But there's just disaster because the one thing they don't have is God. And so if a person dies and they don't have a relationship with God, it doesn't matter what their lifestyle was on here on earth. They've missed eternal life. Now, God's way of diffusing this drive to be rich, to make money, to be powerful, is to learn to be content. That drive is hugely powerful in all of our lives. doesn't matter whether you're the poorest country in the world or the richest. That drive is there. In fact, the Old Testament says, he who has money will always want more money. We fail to realize always in the Old Testament also said this, the more you have, the more trouble you're going to have. Here's another one. The more you have, the more you're leaving behind. For those kids that don't obey you now and spend it on stuff you never would spend it on. <laughs> have it. So parents, you see that bumper sticker once in a while, don't you? I'm spending my grandkids' inheritance, praise God. No, you don't want to do that. But notice, I, I found this illustration not long ago I thought it was perfect. A monk had spent his life traveling around the world. One day, someone asked him, who do you like to work with the best? People who are rich people who are poor? He answered immediately without any question. I love to work with the rich, of course. And the person said, what? You're a monk? He said, the monk said, the poor live under the delusion that one day money and possessions will bring happiness and contentment. He said, on the other hand, the rich people already know they have money, they have possessions, and there is no happiness and contentment. How true. Now, notice in that celebration, I use the term learning to be content. Paul says this in Philippians, Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to get along happily, whether I have much or little. Verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. 
I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Notice contentment is really an attitude. You'll discover in your life that life is mostly about attitude. It's not about the other stuff. It's our attitude. Paul said, I've learned to be continually content. Why was Paul able to be content? Why can we celebrate and still be content? Because of this. Look at verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Who's directing your life tonight? The Holy Spirit is. Romans 8 says the Christ follower is led by the Spirit. God's plan for you is good. I can be content tonight because God is directing my life and I need to learn to be content. Very often, when we think about Joseph, the roller coaster he had in his life, he was in all those circumstances where God allowed him to learn to be content. Did really well, then got in trouble, got in jail. People forgot about him, came back, ended up number two in the whole kingdom. What happened in all that? He learned to be content. From the pit to the palace, he learned to be content. Paul made plans, but God often changed them. Be careful with your desires. You see, sometimes that's what happened with Abraham. Abraham had a desire to go down to Egypt. It wasn't God's desire. He just convinced himself that's what God was doing. We can convince ourselves God's saying to do something when it isn't God at all. It's just my desire. It's that old, I need to take that selfish thing off of me. And one of those things I have to take off of me is not being content where God has me. Where God has placed you, you be content. You be all here. Wherever you are around the world, if you're obeying God, He's got you right where He wants you. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to stay there, because very often He moves us from here to there to the other. I'm not necessarily talking geographically. I'm talking He'll move us into different areas of ministry. But Paul had learned to be content. Now, when Paul wrote this in Philippians 4, you know where he wrote it from. Where was it? Prison. He had learned to be content. He wanted to go to Rome. He wanted to go to so many places, but he learned to be content where he was, and he served God where he was. Let me challenge you to be content where you're at. If you're discontent, you'll follow your own will, and it'll be a disaster in your life. Paul learned, God, help me. Your grace is sufficient for me. I want to learn the contentment where you are. And while I'm there, Paul writes, I can celebrate. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, Christ spoke about this once to us. You know the verse. Look at Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on guard. Now, why would he say that? Against all kinds of greed, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This is exactly what Paul learned. Contentment, happiness, a purposeful life really has nothing to do with our stuff, whether little or much. Now, that doesn't mean we're not striving for more. We're not striving to accomplish everything God wants in our life. Of course, that's part of it. But I'm content right now with what I have and where he's placed me. He will open doors as I'm speaking around the world to people. God is the one that orchestrated those doors. Two years ago, I would have never been doing this. 
But God's orchestrated for this church and for us and many others. And your life is exactly the same. I'm not some kind of special person. God places us where he wants and just begins to use us in many different ways. And it's not about us. We already saw that. It's about him. So this is a big one that I want you to write because it's personal. Contentment, satisfied with God's plan for my life. I can't be content about you. What God's doing in your life is not really any of my business unless I'm helping disciple you. I want to be content where God has me. By the way, don't put my there. Just put your name there. That's where you need to be. Content where God has you. Now, verse 26 that we just read really says in the New Living Translation, it goes like this. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? Here's our fifth celebrate. Celebrate. Your saved soul is worth more than anything. Jesus said to his disciples, the most important reason to celebrate is that they were saved. One day, the disciples came back after a great ministry. They kind of went on a little trial. And when they came back, they talked about all the amazing things God had done with the power of the Holy Spirit. Demons cast out, people healed, people saved. And when they came back, they were celebrating that. And Jesus says there in Luke, he says this, fantastic, it was great. But you need to celebrate about one more thing, that your name is written down in the book of heaven. See, the most thing I can celebrate... The most valuable thing that I own, it's not my business, it's not my health, it's not a relationship, it's not a family. The most valuable thing I own is my soul. And my soul has been purchased. The freedom of it, the security of it has been purchased by Jesus Christ on the cross. That's why we're here, to keep the main thing the main thing. The most valuable choice you and I will ever make is to choose to become a growing follower of Jesus Christ and then begin to celebrate. Now, we begin to celebrate here on earth. You should. But we're going to be celebrating a lot longer later in heaven forever. Following Jesus, that's the most important thing in all your life, is following Jesus Christ. When you get to that place of following him, It's easy to commit to being a growing Christ follower. It's easy to celebrate and live this fulfilling lifestyle. What you want to do is make a commitment to grow, to become more like Him. Think like Him, minister like Him, act like Him, and then celebrate every day. He lives in you. You're going to heaven. Amen. Today, Pastor Mark wrapped up his teaching about commitment. You were reminded that Christ followers have lots to be happy about and to celebrate. He also talked about the importance of contentment in your life. You heard from Pastor Malcolm about people in the Bible who went through really hard times, but didn't lose their belief that God would take care of them. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Five C's. Pastor Mark will be talking about how the Christ follower uses their time, talents, and money. You'll hear about connecting to other believers and how God designed all people to be in relationship with other Christians. You'll see the positives of choosing to do life with other growing Christ followers. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a herd